This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us on Twitter at Guardian Fancast. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. As we wait for the week to unfold and we'll get to see the Guardians play games that really count at the end of this week, we're going to today have a great chance to talk to Michael Larrabee, who is the op-ed editor at the Washington Post. He is a Guardians fan and was kind enough to reach out to me and say that he'd be willing to come on the podcast and talk about his experience, which is really neat to hear as a Cleveland Guardians fan. If you're listening to this and you're a fan of the team and you'd like to talk to me and let me know about your experience of what it means to be a fan, what you're looking forward to, what are your some of your favorite memories from the team, I'd love to hear those. You're going to hear in our interview that Michael shares about uh, a book that he read from Luke Eplin called Our Team. I've been trying to get to read the book, and it's on my shelf, and I'm going to get to it, and then hoping to reach out to Luke after that, see if maybe we can do a little talk about it. But it's a really great book from everything that I've heard and read, and so I'll link to uh, the link so that you can buy that if you like in the description of this episode, as well as to Michael's Twitter account, if you want to follow Michael. And we just appreciate him coming on the podcast. All right. Hey, so it's Quincy, and I'm here with Michael Lorby, and he is with us to talk a little Guardians baseball. Uh, Michael is op-ed editor at the Washington Post, and uh, just uh, really thankful that you could come on today, Mike. Thanks. Very glad to be here and talk about Cleveland baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, how did you become a Cleveland baseball fan? Um, I don't know. I mean, well, I do know. Uh, I've always, I am the, a lifelong fan of Cleveland baseball. Um, I was born in Akron um, and my dad was a huge Cleveland baseball fan. So I think that's probably a story you hear a lot when you ask people that question. So um, as I, you know, one of my earliest memories um, uh, is uh, being with my dad as a seven-year-old, as Dick, you know, listening on the radio as Dick Bosman threw his no-hitter in 1974. Um, so it's moments like that. We He loved uh, Cleveland, Cleveland baseball, and so we did as well as his kids. And, uh, and uh, I'd left I left uh, Northern Ohio um, in the second grade. Uh, my dad was in newspapers as well, um, but never, you know, we moved to New Jersey and then upstate New York. So there were Yankee fans and Mets fans and Red Sox fans around, but never considered uh, for a second, you know, leaving behind, you know, this team, which I've always loved. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I've talked to so many people who've moved all over the country and stuck with their fandom. It's, it's a strange thing how it, how, how that sticks with you and it just becomes part of, uh, I don't know, family personality and, and so, so many memories. And it's great that you have those, those, uh, memories and to, with your dad that, uh, became part of your fandom. 
Um, I, we live, my family and I live in Cuyahoga Falls. So uh, it's kind of a similar area than what, what, where you lived and that my boys will grow up in and hope be able to take them to some games and hopefully they'll enjoy baseball as well. So that's great. So what are some of your, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say along those lines, you know, I, I moved to Washington um, in 2004 and the nationals arrived in 2005 and you know, I tried on the idea, oh, maybe I'll become one of those people as an American League team and a National League team, you know, and at the time they were playing in RFK Stadium, and, uh, and now they have the wonderful ballpark um, in Washington, um, but I just, it just didn't work for me. Um, I, I could not feel the same thing for the Nationals, uh, you know, they won the World Series, everybody was happy, it, it, I'm just not a, a Nationals fan in that way. My best, my greatest memory uh, from from Washington baseball was a game when they were at RFK uh, when Cleveland was here uh, on interleague play and Victor Martinez hit a game winning home run over the center field fence where we were, you know, where we were sitting, which was, was, was thrilling, um, thrilling as a Cleveland fan and might've bothered me as a nationals fan, but I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's great. Oh man. Oh, Victor, he, he, man, he could take one up the middle like nobody else. That's kind of where his power was. So. Yes. Yes. But, that ball came straight at us and it was spectacular. I can still see it. Yeah. That's, it's funny that, like you said, with the, the attachment that you have, it just strikes a chord of memory seeing Victor go up the middle. So, mm-hmm, so much power mm-hmm. in those years. Well, so we started talking about it a little bit, but what are some of your favorite Cleveland baseball memories? I know you kind of mentioned that you have a, a particular special memory I, that only a few baseball fans have of Cleveland. I do. I do. And I rolled this out when we first connected on Twitter because it was my selling point to see if you might invite me on the podcast, which is that, uh, you know, I always think it's fun if, to see sort of a historic moment in, in, in baseball. And I have seen one. Um, which I, I know very few people share this because I know what attendance at Municipal Stadium was like in 1977, um, which is I was at the game where Dwayne Kuyper uh, hit his one and only home run in more than 3,000 major league bats. And I was watching, I was watching, I was 10. It was the first inning of a kind of a, I, I remember that game because it was so wonderful. I was so happy. Cleveland won. Um, uh, there were three home runs in that first inning. Um, Andre Thornton hit an inside the park home run. And I had to check this because I thought that's not possible. It must've been a triple and an error, but in my memory, it was an inside the park home run. And I thought, well, at age 10, probably I misunderstood, but it's in, um, baseball reference as a, as a, as a home run. So, um, I, I can't remember exactly how that played out, but I remember very clearly, um, Dwayne Kuyper's home run and we were you know I guess because of baseball cards um everybody was aware it was his only home run and mm. and it was remarkable because um I went sort of just over I don't know if you've ever seen the clips online there's that funny mock documentary that they did for him a few years ago oh, yes, in San yes. Francisco. They're, they're always mocking him which is hilarious but yeah I, I think yeah. I've seen that yeah yeah, and his kids are on there, and then, so they show the the clip, and it just cleared uh, the right field fence. In my memory, it was closer to the foul pole than it actually was, but I I do remember thinking at the time his only home run, and you couldn't hit it any shorter <laughs> to actually get a home run. Oh, so man. that's that's a nice thing to have on my resume. 
Yeah, that that is pretty neat. And it's kind of a it, it's kind of a niche thing too that not that I mean I feel like most people uh, kind of who've gone to games in that range will claim that they've been at the Lynn Barker game. And then you begin to question that. But if you claim you've been to the Dwayne Kuyper game, doesn't seem a yeah. lot of reason to doubt that. Because <laughs> it's just kind of who, weird and unique. Who, who, would, who would make that up? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. Well, I course- did check it. I thought, you know, I've been telling this story for the longest time. Is it possible I watched it on TV? And so I called my brother uh, before we talked. And he said, no, no, we were at that game. I remember it too. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Yeah, well, my uh, and my claim, my what I've been to, well, I've been to a couple playoff games, so that's pretty great. Because uh, one time I won a, a playoff lottery to buy a ticket, so I saw them beat the Yankees in 2007 in game one of, of that uh, division series, so that was pretty great. But then I had a very generous friend took me to game one of the World Series in 2016, so I saw Corey Kluber dominate the Cubs, and that was great. But my wife, wonderful. Yeah, my wife and my sister and I went to game 22 in in 2017. So oh, that, that was a pretty that was I mean, that was a level of emotion. I don't know that I've seen at a, a baseball game where just everyone kind of burst. And what I can always remember is Jose stretching that single into a double because he was the only person in the ballpark who thought he could do that. <laughs> I don't think anyone else in the ballpark thought that he should try to do that. Remind me of that that's ringing a bell, but uh. Uh, yeah. Then the, and so they tied it up and then in the 10th, they took the lead when Jay Bruce rocketed a, a liner down the line to score Jose from second, but Jose was only on second because he hit a single and Mike, I'm telling you, it was a single. It was just like a one bound single to the right fielder. And he just took two and the right fielder was like, what the heck? And like trying to throw the ball quicker. And he just took two. And, I, I and do it, remember. Yeah, it just shows it, the thing that always reminds me about him is just how super intelligent he is because he can just pick up on the very slightest thing and be like, oh, this guy's going to lollipop it in and I'm going to get to second and does it all the time. But that was that was <laughs> that was a huge moment to do it. All, all, all the more reason to extend him, right? That's right, Mike. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully by the time I'm just hoping by the time we're able to put this episode online that maybe they'll have it done or it'll be soon to be done. That's my hope. Yes. Yeah, well, as we, as we think about the future, what are you most excited about with the team coming ahead? Um, well, so I've had to adjust my thinking. Um, I think as we all are, um, um, with the talk of the new ownership and front office making some noises that they were going to spend some money, I could easily have, I thought we were going to head into a year where they pick up some pieces uh, uh contends certainly for the wild card you know Chicago looks really good but maybe give them a little trouble it didn't seem like it would be too much to ask or expect so in listening to your podcast which um, I I really enjoy um, I'm with you on it's it's been it's, it's been a little I've been a little slow to readjust my thinking to what I think is actually happening um, and I, I think they're making something of a mistake because you know, over the winter, I thought, oh, I'll want to go to Cleveland and be at the first Guardians game. And, and I've sort of lost my enthusiasm for doing that. Not never really making a decision, but if they'd have signed somebody and I got excited, I could. That's probably the thing that would have tipped me to do that. Um, but all that said, you know, 
I am excited about the young players. Um, and gosh, if they really were to extend Jose Ramirez, um, I'll believe it when I see it, but the idea of having him uh, there as these players find themselves, which ones are going to be good? Are there any of them going to be great? Um, there's so many that seem like uh, it, it could happen for um, that uh, I'm going to really enjoy, um, you know, debuts, really enjoy call-ups. Um, um, as like you, um, right now, I'm getting excited about the possibility of seeing what kind of hitter Stephen Kwan is. Um, um, and um, so there's a lot of stories that I'm really interested, I'm interested in Naylor's return um always always enjoyed him um you yeah, know i was my much. one disappointment was i was kind of excited to see what cody morris had and we will get to see that but i guess we need to wait for that um and then some of the storylines i Jimenez and rosario i like both those guys um one of the things rosario's i thought real treat at to, to be a to root for um, and to remind myself, he was only 25 last year. So, you know, maybe we haven't seen his ceiling. He's already good. Um, he's already got things to offer, bring to the table. Um, so I'm, I enjoyed watching him last year. One, one player, I was listening to you this morning, um, and one player that I think we might disagree on is, um, is Yu Chang. Um, um, a, take your point, we, we've seen a lot of him already, but I... I really enjoy the, you know, the, the sample sizes you can create online and the fact that he was, you know, an over 800 OPS hitter from something like late May on to the end of the year makes me think, well, that, that could play. That's, they don't have a lot of over 800 OPS hitters. That's if, sure. if that's what he is, um, I think I would like to see, you know, and maybe it's first base um, because maybe Bradley's not the answer. Um, so there's all there's a lot of little stories, and I think as the season goes on, if some of the the younger players they do call up and do play, um, you know, I, I don't I'd be surprised if they contended. But um, you, especially if Jose is going to be around, maybe we could get excited about a team that looks like it's going to be young and exciting and a contender next year. And it took me a little while to realize maybe that's where we are. So I'm still working through that. I'll get there. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. That cognitive dissonance process of working through all that. I, I, I'm there with you. And I, and I'll definitely say about you, Chang, I a hundred percent root for that guy because he mm -hmm. is so much fun to watch and I love his smile. I love his demeanor on everything. I just get caught up in the robots, Mike, you know, and the, the robots don't think too much of Chang, but yeah. hey, if there's somebody who can outperform expectations and prove the robots wrong, I think he's got the right attitude for it. And what you said about playing him at first base, I'm hundred percent on board with them, giving him a bunch of at bats at first base and kind of letting you know, him and Bradley fight it out. On, on Chang, partly it was I, one of the games I went to last. I go see Cleveland every time they come to Baltimore. Um, we always oh, yeah. mark that on our calendar. And what a great stadium. I love oh, it. I love it. I love oh, it. And man. we were there last year. We had great seats because it was sort of pandemic 
reopening. Oh yeah. yeah. We, we were, so we were sitting on the third base side close to the, you know, lower deck, just kind of just far enough back to be in the shade because it was a hot day. And, you know, uh, very close to us was Yu Chang's family and he hit a home run in that game oh. and it was obvious who they were. And I got, it was confirmed <laughs> afterward. And when you, I mean, when you see that, you can't help reminded that yes. you know, human beings with, um, you know, with hopes and aspirations um, and, and that are different from the numbers. So I think that's partly why I kind of yeah. latched onto them a little bit. That's a great reason for it too. And and I, like I said, especially if they can make sure some of our, our huge glut of middle theaters gets plenty of at bats at second base and shortstop. I hope Chan can get plenty at first base and then at second here and there. I'm on board with that for sure. Uh, now, when you go to Baltimore, do you get the uh, crab dip on the fries? Uh, I was just absolutely taken by that. that was I've not crazy. had that. I, oh, I often man. get crab cake. I like yeah. the crab cakes. Right. Um, they have they have these fries that have crab dip on them. And, oh, man, that's the best thing I think I've ever gotten at a major. Okay. So well, they're coming in May. There. They're coming in May or June, and we've got it circled. So I'll try that. <laughs> if you like crab. Yeah, that's great. Well, Mike, thank you so much for talking to me and thanks for listening to the podcast. Anything you want folks to know about following you or stuff like that? About what? Sorry? About following you on Twitter or anything like that? Well, well, I am on Twitter. I I, I post mostly, uh, oh, pretty much exclusively, you know, Washington Post op-eds, which is my my you know, my non-baseball job. Um, one one that uh, I'd rec- I guess I'll put in a plug for um, you've probably seen it or maybe you know him Luke Eplin's book um, mm. um, our team on the 1948 World Series and uh, one of the pleasures it's the only, it's the one time this job overlapped with my um, life as a Cleveland baseball fan and that I read that book and was so bowled over by how good it was I read it because I was a Cleveland fan but the book you know, any baseball fan, any reader of a great story would love. And so I reached out to Luke and he wrote uh, an op-ed for us. Um, uh, and you can find it online on uh, arguing why um, baseball should make Larry Doby Day um, a holiday akin to Jackie Robinson Day. And his point was, obviously, Jackie Robinson deserves every honor he gets. But um, there were a lot of people and and um, who um, made um, integration happen and faced um you know all the hardships that that entailed and doby very much so um so he we, we ran that argument and it was a pleasure to to get to um work with luke and work on an op-ed you know with Clay, cleveland baseball at the heart of it that's great i i have i own his book i have it on my shelf to read and as soon as i had finished it i was hoping to contact him and see if he would come on the podcast so i'm glad that you mentioned that i did read that op-ed and it was great and I, I, I'm hundred percent with him because Larry Doby's day is my birthday. And I can't tell you how many times that the guardians don't play on my birthday. It, it happens uh, like all the time. And, uh, and I'm always like, it's Larry Doby day and my birthday. Why don't they play? You know? So I'm, I'm with them on that. It'd be great. To perfect, especially to perfect. Have One more play. reason. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. So yeah. Thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate your time and great, great to hear about guardians fans all over the country and all over the world who are, tuning in and I'll enjoy this year coming ahead. So thank you very much. Thanks, Chrissy. Great talking to you. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.